And I thank God that he can restore, bring uh, restoration to the mind, the heart, and the life. And I thank God for that. Time and time again, uh, ministering to so many over the years and seeing God turn the light on in the lives and hearts of those around. I've seen murderers give their lives to God and God just turn the situation around. I've seen those that were bound by demons, uh, freed from those demons. And, and all of a sudden you could see a glow about them. Transformation had taken place. Aren't you glad that God can transform uh, from <clears throat> the, the worst to the best? Because he gives us that. Thank God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? These are all good. <clears throat> well, I guess I got a testimony I'm going to pass on. I used to have a pen or a sun visor on my truck and always said that, you know, I'll never drive faster than my guardian angel can fly. Well, I've since then retired and... Uh, found out I needed to have a knee replacement, got that done. The progress has been tremendous. Well, I went to deliver something over to Sister Krista's house <laughs> and fell through the doorway. And I just knew that uh, I was okay. I didn't break nothing. And it had to be the guardian angel that kept me going. <laughs> I've not done nothing help myself so I do know that he will save us from ourselves yes he will help us he will thank God for that anybody else small enough crowd we can do this but when you get larger it's harder to have these testimony times trust me we pastor larger churches so we know a larger church and you can't get everybody to do same way with singing. Sometimes we, when we put a choir on there, we had a 40-minute choir, and they've they done a wonderful job, but not everybody gets a chance. Can you imagine if you have 40 people singing on a special on a Sunday morning? It's, it's tough. So enjoy these times right now. Because as God brings more people in, and God delivers people, and things things are going to change. Transition's coming. I want you to be prepared. I, you, I've seen this in my spirit. Transition in services and the way things are operating is going to change. Demonstration, manifestation is going to be about us. And we need to be ready for those things. Anybody else before we get into the Word? I thank God for Andy who moved out this week and he's been on his own for a while, but this is his first time he's completely on his own. And I guess the Lord will, like Brother Richard, the angel around him, yesterday he had Andy is just one of those persons he can just make a friend like that and he's had quite a few coming yesterday and helping move out and I'd ask each of them if they go to church anywhere or whatever and uh, something was they told us where are they going some don't go to church and something was said and Andy just raised his hands and said thank you Lord he's always saying hallelujah <coughs> and right in front of his friends I thought Andy if you would just really let God, and that's what I'm praying, that he'd get a hold of God so strong, that God get a hold of him. He knows so many friends that uh, he could be a light to them. And he was prophesied over years ago by Pastor David Freck, and, um, and I believe that prophecy is will happen, but I just pray that um, Andy wakes up before it's too late because there's so many friends that could come to know the Lord with him being a witness for Christ and 
It was just amazing to see that he wasn't ashamed of to raise his hands in front of his friends. And they just looked at him and smiled. And I think I know my children now. Um, I don't know why, but I got a heavy burden for them today. today. All three of them. When I see Esther, and she may not understand what she's doing, but I'll tell you what, God, like I said this morning, God will use anybody that's got a willing heart. And that's what I keep praying for Esther. She may be young, but God can use her. I know he can. God can do anything he wants. Yes, yes he can. And, but we've got to have that willing heart. Yes. And it's so good. And I said it before church started, but it is so good to see Brother John here today. Yes, yes. 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 We are so glad that Brother John is here with us. Yes. I, I look forward to see a little bit more of him coming so if you would open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14 three verses we're going to be reading <clears throat> stand for the reading of God's word if you would please as we do this as an honor for his word <clears throat> We can honor dignitaries, we can honor this and that, but I think we need to honor Jesus because he is the word. So here's why we start off that honoring him in our services. <clears throat> Jump down to the last three verses of this chapter. And I want to pull a few things out of this, these verses uh, that maybe many of them have skipped over or they kind of just read through it and that's it. But it's, let's see what God is wanting to tell us and teach us from the Word of God. Verse 34, when they had crossed over, Jesus had walked on the water, fed 5,000, and now he's come to this place. He crossed over the sea and now he's coming in to a place of uh, Gazaret. And that, let's go ahead and read open. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gezeret. And when the men of the place recognized him, they sent out into all that surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him <clears throat> that they might touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. I want to take a theme tonight, touching what touches Jesus. Touching what touches Jesus. There's things that touch the master that no one else, nothing else can touch. And God can transform what is touching him. Tell your neighbor, get ready to touch what touches Jesus. You may be seated. <clears throat> Now, something we notice here, I want to pull out from here, says why people were healed touching Jesus' garments. Uh, the familiar story of 
the woman that had what we call, the scripture says, an issue of blood, uh, a medical condition that a female has, and she could not get it cured. Nothing else. But she said, if I can just but touch the hem of his garment. Now we see in Matthew, and a lot of people don't even look at this, that they brought the sick to Jesus and they just touched his garments and they were made whole. The Bible says they were made perfectly well, every single one that touched. And so we see that the things that touch Jesus can make you well. Amen. We see that as many to touch the fringe, the bottom part of the garment that Jesus wore was made well. In Numbers chapter 15, you don't have to turn there, but in the Mosaic law, God instructed the people uh, that in their garments, this is what he's instructed to the children of Israel, take tassels and put blue cord in each corner of the garment. There's a reason why God desired to have a garment and why he desired for them to put the fringes or the tassels at the bottom. There was a reason why God wanted uh, them to uh, do that. And there's a reason why God wants us to put on Christ. Put on Jesus Christ, the Bible says. And as you are clothed with Jesus, you take on a different identity. Let that sink in for a moment because I like what Brother Nathan was teaching this morning and how he brought it out with Ezekiel says, I'm going to give you a new heart. What happens when you get a new heart? The old one's done away with, but a new one comes in. So it pumps different because the Old Testament says that out of the man's heart cometh evil. But when God gives you a new heart, your will, your desire, uh, the things you want, it changes. Thank God that he can give us what we really desire. And that's a new identity. I no longer have to be attributed to my old life. The life that I was thinking and wanting to go after sinful things and, and desired uh, uh, because I'm thankful not even what an individual done to me can bring out the identity that Christ wants to give me. Thank God for the identity that he places on me. I'm no longer the old man. I'm the new person. I have new beginnings. Thank God for new beginnings. Thank God for a new creation. Thank God that God recognizes that I can clothe you with something new. You no longer have to be the same person you are. My mind, my mentality changes. That's the reason why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, you must present your bodies a living sacrifice, uh, holy and acceptable unto God and transform your mind. Your mind has been taught by so many humanism things in our life. Said what well, you can think it, you'll be it. I beg pardon. Only with the things of God can you change the life that you have. The one thing that uh, the reason why God wanted them to add the in the fringes and in the corners, those tassels with the blue. This was a reminder that they were God's people. Sometimes you need to remind yourself you belong to God. Amen. Let me hear an amen on that. Amen. Say, I am the Lord's. 
sometimes we need to be reminded and look around uh, where we was. Because when you get saved, it's not something that transforms externally. But deep inside, that's the reason why Jesus told Nicodemus, it, it, you become born again. You're somebody that has been born into the spiritual aspect now. You're thinking spiritually. All of a sudden, the light's been turned on. No longer looking around in the aspects of what I used to be, but now spiritually, things have turned on. What I didn't care about, now I care about. What I didn't recognize before, now I recognize. When I was in sin, I didn't realize I was in sin. But when you get saved and you give your heart to God, light turns on. You recognize, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. I don't want those things that pull me down. <clears throat> so God says, I want you to have a reminder of your mind. Uh, how many married couples do we have in here? How many's ever been married since you've... What do you put on as a reminder? Don't you put a ring on? As a reminder that you're married. And when you take that off, trust me, if I take that ring off and leave it there, I still feel that. <clears throat> I still know that I am married to that lovely woman right there. Been my partner for a lot of years on this road, and we've been here almost 40 years. Praise God. I won't trade her for anything. I mean, we've been through a lot. But it brings an identity that we're married. That's the same way. We're sealed with the Holy Ghost. We've been sealed by God himself with the Holy Ghost. And now we're no longer ours, but we belong to him. So God wants us to remember we no longer belong to just a group of people or, or this society that we live in or the United States. Our citizenship is in heaven. The second area that we see on this garment, it represents uh, not only the reminder that is, but it does take on identity. You're no longer just walking through this world, but you are a representative of mine. You are an ambassador walking around. And that's when we go to work. We're no longer like everybody else at work. We're different. We're reminded by God that who we are, but then we take on a new identity. Thank God that the symbol that it stood for was that there was a change. There was an identity that I took on. That's the reason why she is no longer Miss, but she is Mrs. We are the body of Christ, which the New Testament brings out the bride of Christ. We're engaged. When you're engaged, that means you have a promise. When you've been engaged to somebody, there's a promise that one day we're going to get married. But in the meantime, my eyes are not on somebody else. I belong to somebody else. <clears throat> one thing I did, I stopped shopping around. When we got married, before we got married and I got engaged, I stopped shopping around. I no longer, I used to tell those girls that used to call me up, hey, let's go do this. I says, nope, so I'm engaged. You ain't married yet? Yeah, but I got my eyes on the right prize. I'm not chasing after just anything. God's already given me what I, I really need. So now I'm connected. I have an identity. And Jesus wants us to understand we have an identity with him. We're no longer our own, but we've been bought with a price. Something we notice that as we look at this from the standpoint of what we, we see this and why we're talking about the garment and what 
things that touch Jesus can bring about some powerful things. We see that uh, as we looked in the Old Testament when uh, Ruth, in the book of Ruth, uh, she came into a country that wasn't her own. She come out of uh, an area that she was born into, but now she's changing uh, places uh, and she's changing locations, addresses, uh, but she needs a husband because her former husband has passed away. Now she's a, a widower and she, a widow. Sorry about that, but she's a widow. And with that understanding, she needs to get married. She desires to be married. And all of a sudden things started uh, getting closer where she can get married. And all of a sudden there was a guy that kind of noticed her a little bit. His name was Boaz. And one night uh, uh, the mother-in-law Ruth decided to do what? Said, go and go to where he sleeps. But go to the foot of his bed. And I want you to take uh, and just lay there for a little bit while he sleeps. Then all of a sudden he wakes up and he says, what are you doing here? And as he looks around, she says, just take your garments and place it over me. A connection was taking place at that point in time. And with that connection, uh, we got to understand that that was a claim to something a little bit different. See, we see that garment that was placed over her. That was a change of identity. Are you understanding some things here? See, when we see the garment that Jesus was wearing, that was his identity. That was what he represents. He belonged to God. And so when the people understood that, that was more than just a symbol. That was more than just what Christ was. But there was something about that. The, the Bible in the Hebrew, the meaning of uh, putting that in the corner, it means that the garment takes on what they call a wing. It's just not a tassel, but it becomes a wing. And with the wing, uh, we see some things that takes place uh, uh, that, that not only the identity, but we see a covenant. Now, with that covenant that God brings out, God is a covenant God. And with that understanding, uh, because the New Testament is, Jesus said, this blood is the new covenant. This blood is a covenant between you and me. See, I'm giving my blood. <clears throat> and giving you my blood means I have a covenant with you. So what I have belongs to you. Amen. See, uh, the things that I now own, the things that I now have I share with my wife. In other words, what I have belongs to her. Are you catching what Ruth was doing with Boaz? Was saying to him, now I belong with you. My identity is no longer by myself. And that represented because when he did that, he put his wing over her. He put his wing and clothed her. He put a new identity to her. But he said, now the covenant that we're making, now that's a symbol of that covenant. Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you that when God makes a covenant with his bride, everything that he has from healing, uh, from financial uh, to spiritual to mental, everything he has belongs to me. Amen. If we can get that within our spirits, our identity changes, but our covenant we have with the almighty God, it belongs to me. It belongs to what Christ, I have a right to claim him now. Hebrew says, I can come boldly to the throne room of grace. Yes, I understand that coming boldly, I can pray. I'm not afraid to come into where God is because now I have 
this. See, this is a picture of the wing over the bride. The tassel over the bride and were that the covering over the bride the identity now and now a covenant you have a covenant relationship when you get married it's more than that's the reason why when people just live together there's no covenant they can just depart their ways and there's nothing that anybody can do that's it the children don't even have to take the father's name see when you take on your name that means that you have identity you look at that name that is, we are as Christians take on the name of Christ. The symbol of identity comes with the bride by changing her covenants from out of this one to one with the one she's marrying. Go to Malachi chapter four. And I want to see some prophetic things that the Bible talks about as we look at about why it was so important for people to connect with what was touching Jesus and his garments. It says this at the last book of the Old Testament, towards the close of this book we call Malachi. This was when God almost becomes silent, but he was giving a prophecy. And notice what the prophecy was. It said the great day of the God is coming and the Messiah is coming and he's going to bring some things. In verse two, it says here's in Malachi four, verse two, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and grow fat like a stall fed calf notice though in the one part with healing in his wings with Jesus, uh, there was healing in the fringes and the clothing that he had because it took on the identity who Jesus was. And he had healing in his wings. The Old Testament, they understood what that was on the garment. I have identity because now God wants me to remind myself I am belong to him. But now I have an identity because I put this clothing on. I'm no longer myself. I'm this. Now I have a covenant with the Almighty God. God that I can step in and be what God wants me to be. I can claim what he has for me. Amen. See, we see from the Old Testament, the close of the Old Testament was getting ready for what the New Testament was bringing. The Old Testament was Jesus concealed, but the New Testament was Jesus revealed. And we see that God says with healing in his wings, he's going to heal the people. Aren't you glad for the healing that God brings? Yes. He brings healing, not just physically. He brings it mentally and spiritually that I can walk right up and say, I am well. Everything is okay. I'm all right. Far too many people just concentrate on the one aspect of healing. But Jesus wants to heal the whole man. Every part of us. The corners of his garment, it says that if we would fear if we would fear his name. See, fear is not something where he's going to strike me dead. No, it's respect. It's honor. I, I lift him to the place of honor and, and praises. But more than that, I recognize he is God. He is in control. And when I recognize that, I see that God give us a prophecy of the Messiah, that he would come. And with that, he said, the sun would arise with healing in his wings. So the garment represented not only identity, the garment not only represented uh, some things of covenant, but it represented healing. 
Aren't you glad for the healing that Christ gave us? It just wasn't on the stripes that he took. Jesus walked in healing. Jesus walked in that realm of covenant. He wanted to raise people up. He wanted to heal them. He wanted to deliver them. Identity was in Jesus was his spiritual and physical. He could heal both. And that's the reason why we see when we read in Matthew chapter 14, where that they brought them to Jesus. They understood about the garment because they were taught about this from a childhood things. But Jesus, and we see from the Old Testament, the prophecy about what he's going to do. Now, there's a lot of people says that Jesus don't heal today, but I beg pardon. Jesus is the healer. Jehovah Rapha, that's what the Bible describes who God is. He is my healer. No amount of medicine you can take, it can only uh, do just a little part of it. But I'm telling you right now, God is already the healer. We must believe he is a healer and the deliverer and the sustainer. He's my all in all. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. We see a story in Luke 8 and Mark 5 about a woman that came to Jesus in a a certain way because she said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment. Brother John, do you know where the hem is located at on a garment? Let me show you where it is, brother. This is where the hem is. See where they put those threads? See where they take that? That's where the hem is. She was healed by faith. She was healed by faith. But what did she reach for? The hem. Where was the fringe? On the hem. Where was the tassel? On the hem. Where was the healing in the wings? Because the tassel represents wings. And the wings of God was upon Jesus. When he walked, he had the wings of healing. Oh, thank you, Lord. I wish more people would have been here tonight. This has been good for them. Some of them need this. Some of them need to understand that you need to connect. What's touching Jesus will make you whole. See, the people in in Matthew 14 understood that. If we can just touch what's touching Jesus, if we can get to where he's at, we don't even need him to lay hands on us. If we can just touch because they recognize the authority, the identity, the covenant that they had, that there was healing in the wings. Now, with that understanding, uh, this woman with the issue of blood, with some things for 12 long years, she tried to go man's way. Like a lot of people, they, they seek out everything, the arm of flesh. They tried to do it in that way. They tried to look to the knowledge that's around them. But there comes a point in time when you realize man can only go so far. The arm of flesh can only go so far, but the arm of God goes further. And we see here that this woman, she didn't even have it there. And on the itinerary of the day for Jesus, she was not on it. You got to understand when Jesus was doing what is, he he didn't make an appointment with her and say, okay, we'll sit down and you just come to my office and, and we'll talk about this. No, she was not even on the itinerary for what was going to take place. But she said, if I can just touch the him." Of his garment. Now you got to understand, this woman was on a mission. This woman knew that if she could get to Jesus, but you got to understand from her, her standpoint and the culture that she come from, she could not enter into public life without saying unclean, unclean, or in a garment or something that signified that she was unclean and people had to part away from her. She was quarantined, in other words. You couldn't get near her. 
But the people were not focused upon her. Thank God, sometimes if you get your eyes on Jesus, you're not going to look at what somebody else's faults are. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes we look at other people, we look at other things, and we get our eyes upon them. But their focus was on Jesus. Thank God the crowd wasn't looking at her because she may not have got as close as she could, but she was persistent. She wanted to get to Jesus. She wanted to get close to what he had. See, touching Jesus or touching what touches Jesus will get you the things that you truly need in your life. And she understood it. If I could just but touch the hem. If I can get down where the hem is, you know what tells me? She was on her knees crawling. She wanted to get to where there's a lot of people needs to learn to get on their knees to get what God has for them. Knees means I'm on my prayer bones. Knees means I'm going to reach down and touch where he's at. And when I touch him, I know there's healing in those wings. I know there's healing in that garment that he was. The identity of Jesus was he was the healer. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, you get awful excited. When the anointing comes, I'm telling you, it just comes out of you. Most of the time, I try to be quiet and nice and nice, but when the anointing gets on you, forget it. When it gets on you, you just got to blurt it out. Her mission was to touch the clothes of Jesus. I don't even need him physically touching me. But if I can just get to touch the identity, the covenant that I have, then my faith will connect with what's touching him. I know I'll be made well. I know I'll be made whole. She fought through the crowd. In other words, she pressed in. Can I put it to you this way? Persistence breaks the resistance. <laughs> persistence. You've got to be persistent with the things that you're desiring. Whether anybody else is going after or not, you've got to be persistent to receive what God has. I'll never forget when I was seeking after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I was persistent. I was a young boy, still in uh, uh, middle school. And when I was in middle school, there was times that uh, I desired to have more of God. I longed for more of God. I seen what God was doing in other people's lives. I said, God, I desire that. There were some people that I was in friends with at school, and they would talk about, well, we're having revival at our church. You know what I did? I went to it. There was one time I went to this one church, and this one, guy, this one lady says, you just need to jump, and you'll get it. You know what I did? I jumped till I was so tired, it didn't work. But I was hungry. I was persistent. I went back the next night and says, well, the jumping don't get it, so we're going to do something. So I tried everything I could, thinking that's going to take me into the place where I need it. After about a year, I said to my grandmother, I was tired. I didn't. And she goes, you're trying too hard. And I go, what? What do you mean I'm trying too hard? She says, you just need to say, God, here am I. So I got through praying after about five minutes. Says this ain't working. I got off my knees. I was discouraged. I was down in the mouth. I says, "There's no use for me getting this." And I got back down there. And she goes, "Let's go back to the altar." She took me back to the altar. In less than two minutes, I was laid flat on my back, speaking in another language, knowing because I was persistent. I wondered what God had, but I was saying, "God, I I was listening to everybody else under the sun, trying to do what everybody else says." But God says, "You just come as you are, and you just look to me. If you'll reach out 
to me. I'll give you what you need. Amen. That's what this woman was doing. She needed a touch. See, persistence will come against the resistance. And when you are resistant this way, it breaks it. It lets you get into where God's presence is. It lets you get into where God has for you. Amen. She had bleeding for years. She was considered unclean. But thank God the crowd ignored her. There's some people that's going to come our way. You got to ignore them. You got to get your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Let me say that again. You got to get your eyes on Jesus. Amen. I've said it. They ain't going to look at you, look like you. They ain't going to act like you. They ain't going to smell like you. They ain't going to do anything like you. You just need to get your eyes on Jesus. We live in a world where identity, we have an identity crisis. Even in the church, they don't really know who they are in Christ. But I'm here to tell you right now, if you get a hold of the garment that is touching Jesus, it'll change the situation you're in. Yes. She had to crawl. She would not be denied. She had a made up mind. And that's the key you need to get into your mind. I want to get all that God's got. You got to have a made up mind. Yes. When you get a made up mind, you're going to go after it. Trust me. I know people, if they want something bad enough, they're going to get it. They will steal, beg, and borrow and do everything they can just to get what they want. I've seen it. If you want more of God, you're going to get what God has for you. But you've got to have a made up mind. Be persistent. That will break the resistance that is around you. Because the enemy wants to try to bind you up. Friends want to try to bind you up. Things want to tell you that you need to go this way, that way. You need to look for yourself and get a hold of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. She touched the hem of his garment. You know what happened when she touched the hem of her faith? That she had, because Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. The power that was in that garment, it wasn't a garment, it was a power that was in the identity that was uh, clothed with that garment, which was Jesus himself. Flowed in her body. Can you imagine what happened? Because I'm sure losing blood, you get weak. Losing blood, you get anemic. Losing blood, your color is gone. Can you imagine what happened all of a sudden you feel the power of God, a warmth that comes over you and you're saying, I know, I know, I know I'm healed. Amen. Jesus looks around. He says, who touched me? See, Jesus understands where you're coming from. He knows and he wants you to have what he has. He wants you to receive what he is and what he's about. But so many people will not go that extra step. That's the reason why persistence is very much come to church, come as much as you can, get a hold of God and watch what God will do. Amen. Touching the things that touch Jesus. Church is one of them. Getting next to the body of Christ is touching Jesus because that touches Jesus. Coming into a worship, and when you get it, last Sunday I thought we was going to fly away. The worship, everybody was again. Their hands were going, I'm looking around some people, I'm going, oh, they haven't been raising their hands very much. This is Palm Sunday, and I want to raise my palms. I want to lift them up to the Lord. And I look around, and I'm seeing people, and they were just getting in. They was moving around. They was doing some things that I've never thought I've ever seen before. But they wanted what God wanted, and they was getting what God had. 
Uh, we're living in a time when people don't need this phony baloney stuff. They don't need what is fake. And we've got, you talk about fake news. We got fake religion. We got fake churches. We got fake this and fake that. People are looking for something that's real. I need something that's going to take care of my situation, what I'm in. This woman understood that. She was persistent enough. And when she reached out by faith and touched Jesus' garment, she was made well. Made well. And then Jesus turned to her and said, daughter, you are well before she was a woman unnamed unknown and now she's a daughter when you turn to Jesus and things change you're no longer just the outcast but you're a son you're a daughter you're a one that's been brought into the family thank God for that Amen. that flow was there it brought healing power to her life thank you Jesus thank you God you notice that even some of these, in, like in Matthew, uh, because this is a different story than what we see from the woman, they brought and said, just touch his garment, touch the hem, touch that fringe, touch that identity that he is, because uh, that brings up remembrance to the Father. This is who I am. I am your healer. I am your covenant keeper. I have the wings that I want to cover you with. I have wings in my healing. I have those wings that I get. It's healing coming from that in there. The power of persistence. I want to end this with this because I want to encourage you. Some of you are faced with so many areas, but you got to be persistent. You've got to go after what God has. You've got to desire. See, persistence means desire. Desire brings up another word called lust. When you start lusting after it, you desire it. When you lust after God, you'll get God. Sometimes lust people gets your mind. Oh, that's a negative word. No, a word, that word lust means desire. I desire God. I lust after God. I'm jealous after God. I want more of God. One thing we noticed that happened was persistence. It brings you into a place where God moves powerfully in your life. Notice what happened to this woman when she arrived to her destination. She arrived to the place where she could touch Jesus. You say, well, she touched the garment. That was Jesus. When you get into place, you say, well, I'm going to church. My priority is right. I want to get a hold of God with everything within me. So I'm going for the right reasons, and I'm going to touch. I'm going to receive. I'm going to get. And when you get in your mind and have persistence, you watch. Powerfully, things will change in your life. Can I hear an amen? Because I've seen it over and over again. Those people that get their mind made up and they start doing what God wants them to do, things change in their lives. You've seen God bring prosperity. You've seen God bring healing. You've seen bring God bring restoration, reconciliation. God bring peace and joy. Everything that everybody's looking for. It's just like a, somebody that's on drugs or alcohol or something that desires those areas. Uh, they, they start off with small things just to get a taste for it. They are gates. You enter in. Okay, I got a taste for it. But next thing you know, I need a little bit something a little bit stronger. How many's ever had that before? Uh, my brother used to. And it got to the place that one drink wasn't enough. One drug wasn't enough. Every morning he had to get up and he was drinking so much whiskey and so much of this, it was killing him. 
because he could not get himself satisfied with that. He had to have a little bit more to take him a little bit higher, and it wasn't satisfying. This world will offer you everything, but it will destroy you if you don't watch it. The drugs and the alcohol will offer only just a little bit of satisfaction. Next thing you know, it'll take you down a path that you don't want to go. But when you get a hold of Jesus, you think, okay, I've just arrived on the highest I've ever All of a sudden, God says, I've got more for you. Get ready. <laughs> Trust me. I've seen the high, the high. And then I've said, God, I've just arrived. He goes, no, you ain't there yet. And I have to humble myself, get on my knees. God, I'm ready for more. I have to be an empty vessel. Fill me up again. And just like the, the old prophet when he said to the widow woman, says, I know they're coming to take what you have, even your boys, and take your family, but you just find some vessels, empty vessels. I'm that empty vessel. Fill me, God. I want to stay empty. Fill me up. Keep me empty. Keep me not full. I want more. I want more. I want more. I'm an addict for Jesus. I want more of him. <laughs> Somebody asks you, says, well, pastor's an addict. Yeah, he's, a, he's addicted to Jesus, Amen. addicted to the Holy Ghost. The second point I want to bring in, persistent causes God to feel your need. Persistence causes God to feel your need. She was persistent and going after what she had need of. If I can just touch the identity, the covenant the healing wings, I know I'll be okay. Her faith was connected with what she desired, and that was more of Jesus, but a healing touch she needed. Can you imagine what happened to her when she went back home? She no longer had to stay unclean. She no longer had to visit the doctor and waste all her money because she said, the Bible says she spent all she had. How many do you know that is spending uh, their money going to this doctor and going to this and trying to find a cure uh, when Jesus is the healer? Amen. We need to get back to the basics, get back to what the Bible says. He is my healer. He is my Lord. He is my deliverer. There is no other name given where men can be saved, which means delivered. There is no other name given where I can get my help. I like what John and Peter did to the man in the beginning of Acts. He says, such as we have, because we don't have silver and gold. We don't have anything. We're just poor men. We just walk around. But such as we have, I'm going to give to you. And what did they have? They had the name of Jesus. 